Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR analytics dashboard helping all of you HR and people leaders out there get rid of the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process you call HR reporting. That's right, we know a lot of you are pulling spreadsheets or doing all of this stuff to try to get a data-driven view of your workforce. And a lot of you are scratching your head thinking, why does this have to be so difficult? We agree with you. That's why we built Employee Cycle with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there. We easily and quickly pull in your data to help you visualize a data-driven story of your workforce so that you and your leadership team can view, share, track, and analyze all your people data from one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out, get a demo. We'd love to chat about how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have an awesome guest. So please help me welcome to the show, John Hevela. He's the Chief People Officer at Westcom. And today we're discussing how to attract talent for the right reasons. John, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Go, John! Welcome! Wow, with an introduction like that, I don't know. You set the bar pretty high, Bruce. But I'm thrilled to be here today, and I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you for a bit. Awesome. Really appreciate you being here as well, John. So to kick this thing off the best way we know how, I'm going to ask you, John, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Well, that's an interesting question. I came into this role about three years ago, full time. Before that, I was in the blue collar industry, the guy that's working with his hands. And during that period of time, I commuted 72 miles one way to the location where I worked each and every day. And during that 18 years of doing that, I was fascinated by books about business and culture and people and leadership. So during that time, I would listen to audiobooks is basically what it came down to. And it struck me one day that I have no outlet for all this things that fascinate me and, and are, are passion, that I'm passionate about. Why don't I see if I can find an outlet for it? So I literally stopped on the side of the road and wrote out a little mission statement one day. And the mission statement was a simple one sentence thing of, I want to have a positive impact on other people's lives. And from that, I went looking and I talked to different companies about what they had going on, what their vision is, where they're going, and I had to find the right company that aligned with how I felt, but also was willing to take on somebody that had absolutely no background or schooling in HR. And here we are. That is an awesome origin story 
of how you got an HR job. I think that actually might be one of the most interesting, and we've done hundreds of these episodes, but that's a really profound story that felt like a calling for you to truly be in HR. So we're all really happy and excited that you listened to that calling because you could have heard it and felt it and just ignored it. So we're actually happy that you're here for that. So John, today we're talking about how to attract talent for the right reasons. And this is such an interesting topic because over the years, we've been hiring people for a lot of the wrong reasons, whether it's ping pong tables or unlimited PTO or trying to give people more money or hiring people, even though they might not be the best fit, but because we just need to hire people quickly. And so before we go into what are some of the right reasons, I would love for you to give us a broader picture of what do you think are some of the most wrong or incorrect reasons we're hiring and why do you think we're doing that? Well, I think if I'm going to speak from one perspective and that's from the blue collar perspective. And I don't know exactly when this changed, but somewhere along the lines, whether it was the 80s or 90s, blue collar work started to get a bad reputation and a bad rap, I guess you would say. And I'm not sure why, because blue-collar work is a foundation of how this country was built. But we started being forced into boxes that in order to accomplish anything or be worthwhile, you had to go to four years of college. And I'm not saying that's even wrong, but it's not for everybody, right? There's opportunities for people to go two different directions. I I believe Finland actually does this right, where in seventh and eighth grade, they kind of start guiding kids into a certain direction. Like the people that want to work with their hands, they kind of push in this one direction and people that want to go to college and further educate themselves, they go in a different direction. And I think that's part of the part of where we went wrong a little bit in this country is we put everybody into this box where they needed a four-year degree to get any sort of job anywhere, where studies have found that the happiest people are the ones that make seventy dollars to $80,000 a year, go home with dirt under their fingernails, and shower at night, not in the morning. So from a from a top down perspective, I guess that's what I would say is where we where we started to get it wrong. That's really interesting, especially when you think that so many people or know that so many people go to college and still have no clue what they want to do, but now because they have so much student debt, they end up just doing anything and hating it even more so. Because now they feel beholden to this thing and this job and this title. And then you move up and then you move up. Or some people do, but some people don't. But a lot of people do. And then you get trapped in all the things that come with the job and the title. And I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's really interesting because to your point, the country has been built on a lot of this hard labor, buildings, 
dirt under your fingernails, as you mentioned, but we have put this halo on desk jobs or, oh, you're not working that hard, even though you potentially could be even working harder. But yeah, that's it, it's all really interesting. Was there anything else that you had to say about that? Just that I think there needs to be a blue collar revolution in this country to make sure that we don't fall further behind. The opportunities out there for people that want to work with their hands, the demand and opportunities are only growing. Yeah, and I. Because there's less and less people wanting to do it. I could definitely see that. You know, with all this stuff going on with AI and people talking about robots and all this stuff becoming smarter, well, the question becomes, who's going to build all this stuff? Whether it's cars or buildings or machines or appliances, all of these things, sure, they'll use AI and they'll get smarter, but somebody still has to build them and make them. Right, and we and we we become so accustomed to instant gratification. If I want something, I go on Amazon, I click it, and if it takes three days, what in the world is taking so long? <laughs> I want it. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. So you go talk to somebody about a a four year apprenticeship program to become a journeyman electrician, and it's like that's forever. Well. After you have a few years under your belt and you're able to look backwards in the mirror, you realize that four years is a blink. But that's only from the perspective I'm at now, looking backwards. True. When you look back in time and you see how long something takes and you get in your 30s and 40s, you think, man, all that took was two years? All that took was four exactly. years? That was exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's nothing. That's nothing. Right, right. That's so interesting. So to tie this back to our topic today about how to attract talent for the right reasons, and you can speak from the broader blue-collar perspective. You could speak from more of the industry around construction perspective or just in general. But what do you think the right reasons for hiring are and how are you thinking about this at your own company? Well, when, when I came here, I had this, this, this passion and belief that the company I work at is the best company in the world and everybody in the whole world should come work here. Since I've been here, my perspective has changed a little bit in this sense that it's the best company in the world for the right people. It's not for everybody, and that's okay, too. So I'm a firm believer in finding the company that you need to work at that fits your needs and ticks your boxes. It's Life is too short to get up every morning and dread going to work. We spend way too much time working, as Americans especially, putting our priorities on maybe things that aren't as important as they should be. But we do, because that's who we are. That's how this country was built. But you find the right place for you to work at. In other words, if in the industry we're in, 
it's a very fast-paced, dynamic industry. So if you want to work 7 to 3 and do the same thing every day, this isn't the right company for you. But I'll guarantee you something, the right company's out there. So why wouldn't you go find that company instead of going to the company that you're miserable at? Mm. That makes a lot of sense to me. To dig into what you were saying, it almost sounds like you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like you're saying that there has to be some hybrid between the company having very specific principles and guidelines for the people who they're looking to hire or for the people you're looking to hire for your company specifically so that you're filtering out the people who don't match that criteria. But on the flip side, it's equally as important for the candidates to be able to self-select out based off of their own personal values and how they align to work. And both parties should be looking at the other person saying, why don't you fit this versus why do you? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Create win-win. And if it's not a win-win, if it's a win-lose either way, then we have a saying here, let's create strong wings for people to fly. Let's help them go find what they need, what fulfills them. Because if I truly want to have a positive impact on other people's lives, that means I want to help them find what they need and they want which might involve working somewhere else. And that's not a negative thing. That's an opportunity for them to find the right thing for them. So let's go into the details on both sides. Let's start with the company side, the employer side first. What are some of the things that you either already have in place or looking to put in place to make sure that you are putting up those guardrails and filters to be able to identify who should be there. And then also, how are you vetting these individuals to make sure that you are hiring them for the right reasons? Gotcha. Are you fortunate enough to be married? (laughs) That's a great way to pose that question. I am. (laughs) <laughs> no one's ever right. no one's ever framed it that way, but yes, I am fortunate enough to be married. <laughs> All right, Bruce. So can you tell me the date that you fell in love with your wife? I can tell you we met in college. Now we weren't yep. dating in college. Yep. But I can tell you since college I've liked her. Sure. So yeah, that's but you can't it, it it's it's hard to say on June first of two thousand fourteen I fell in love with my wife, right? Yes, yes. That that would, I would be lying if the, I gave you a date. <laughs> exactly. So it wasn't the first date and it wasn't you know the three hundredth date, but somewhere in there you woke up one day and you felt like you had a feeling I'm in love with my wife. Yep. And I believe that process is there's a bunch of little things that happen between date one and the day you decided you're in love that it's hard to identify and put your finger on. It's just a series of of things that happen. 
And the reason I bring this up is I believe trust is the same way. It's hard to say that I trust somebody and tell you why I trust somebody without some data or history or time to establish trust. So I think the biggest thing we're trying to do here, or one of the biggest things we're trying to do here, is establish trust. And establishing trust means a little something a little different for every person because we're all unique individuals. But if we can, you know, we we went off the rails a little bit when we when we started thinking of people as numbers. Like, hey, we didn't hit our projections, therefore we have to get rid of X amount of people. Well, it's not X amount of people. It's Bill and George and Tammy and Renee and Paul. That's what we're getting rid of. It's not a number. So I think when we can make people feel cared for, that and build trust, that is the thing that retains people. And you know what the best referral is? Somebody you know and trust telling you something. So our philosophy is if we can keep the people that we have feeling fulfilled, they will tell their friends and family and we will attract more people to our business. And it, it, it is, it's a long game and it's not a game. It's who we are and what we're about. But building trust, I think, is a foundation of what we're trying to accomplish as far as employee attraction. So, John, the last question that I have for you is around how employees or candidates that's looking to work for you should think about being hired for the right reasons. What kind of things do you think some candidates might be jumping ship from their existing company for to work at a new company? And, and what are some of those, those things that they should actually be thinking about or rethinking to say, hey, maybe, and just to give an example, maybe I shouldn't leave because somebody's willing to pay me 50 cents or a dollar more per hour. I don't know if that's the thing that's happening in your industry, but would love to learn about some of the, some of the wrong reasons why you find people looking to come to work for companies like yours, and then what should be the right reasons. Well, let's not fool ourselves that money is certainly part of the equation. And we definitely want to be known as a company that's the best to work for and also pays the highest. That being said, we will sacrifice a little bit of pay for stability. So what we're trying to do, we're in a very cyclical business ourselves where we go up and down with the industry as to try and flatten that out and take care of our people all the time. So I think it's important for people to sit down, and this is a, a self-analysis type of deal, but you have to figure out, what am I looking for? What do I want? If today I need and I have a plan to pay off X amount of debt and X amount of time, then I need to find a company that will absolutely pay me the most for X amount of time. If I'm looking for a company that I can retire from, and has a litany of benefits, then I may be looking a little bit different direction. Uh, I talked to a lady this morning that for her, at her stage in her career, she wanted to make sure that the company she worked at, that 50% of the people on the leadership team were female. And that's great. 
If that's what you're looking for, then find it. So it's a, it's a little bit of a complicated question that you asked, Bruce, because I think it, it depends on the person and what they're looking for. But I think the biggest thing is look in the mirror and figure out what you want. And then when we do interviews today, it, it feels like it's 50% us asking them questions and 50% people asking us questions. So make sure it's a good marriage. Awesome. And the last thing that I'll ask from you, John, is trying to make sure that in this really interesting, backwards, upside down, who knows what type of economy we're in today, but they're still trying to navigate what's happening in the world while also looking to attract people for the right reasons. What last words and advice would you like to give them? The last words I would want to give them are don't give up. We are going to win in the end. There is a gentleman by the name of uh, Admiral Stockdale. And Admiral Stockdale was the longest, I believe he was the person that was hold, held the longest in Vietnam as a prisoner of war. And he came up with something called the Stockdale Paradox which states that you must maintain unwavering faith that you can and will prevail in the end, regardless of the difficulties, and at the same time, have the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. In other words, that's inspiring to me that today it might be a little bit difficult, and I acknowledge that fact, but we will win in the end. Those were awesome words to end the podcast, John. Thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing all your wisdom and experience with this, and for being such a great guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bruce. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing and couldn't have asked for a better guest. So. Thank you, John. Awesome. So where can people find you and Westcom online? Well, www.westcominc.com. Or John Hevela. I'm on LinkedIn. You can look me up. And the John is J-O-N. Last name H-I-I-V is in Victor A-L-A. So for everyone out there listening, if you enjoyed this episode as much as John and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you leave ratings for podcasts or just things in general. Who doesn't like a great rating? Also, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.
Well, let's not fool ourselves that money is certainly part of the